May God bless us this morning with his word. Convict us by his spirit. Walk with us, guide us, and lead us in all things throughout our lives. Amen. Howdy. Doing all right? Uh, oh, okay. Okay, good. Uh, all right. That's, that was awesome. Thank you. All right. Now, I, I have to let you all know that I, I've actually been thinking about uh, putting, um, planting some things in my backyard sometime soon. I've been debating what sort of things I'd be interested in in planting. And uh, some of them, you know, I was thinking about maybe a nectarine tree. Supposed to actually go really well these days. I had blackberries when I was a kid. I was thinking about planting some blackberry bushes. Maybe I'll try to put an apple tree in there somewhere. But at the garden supply store, I kept finding out that they had nothing for growing figs. And I was like, why in the world would they not have something for figs at the garden supply store? And they said, well, you have to go to Katie Mills. And I'm looking at them, and I was like, why would I have to go to the mall? Why would I have to go to Katie Mills Mall in order to get anything for growing figs? And they said, well, it should be obvious. Fig things come in mall packages. I was, I was literally getting off the It's a Small World ride when I came up with that one. So you can blame Disney for that. I, I, I swear, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Jacob knows it's funny. He's trying to hold it in. He, he really is. With this is that we have today this discussion about the ten lepers. And I always find this story fascinating because... I always wonder, kind of back and forth, like, why would someone not realize how amazing it is to be healed, and then also pausing to realize that that's also a story about me? In this, in this story about Jesus, and one of his times to heal, there are people, 10 people who have leprosy. Now, don't forget, leprosy wasn't just one uh, disease. It could be anything that was affecting your skin all over, any sort of a thing. But because back then they didn't know what things were contagious, what things were not, or, or what to do, if you had a condition that you couldn't get rid of, you were pushed out of the community. You were shunned and you were outside. So here comes Jesus and he sees, and there are these 10 people that are begging him to have mercy on them. And they know that he is a great rabbi. But it's not just the fact that this is Jesus who can heal, but also the fact that as a rabbi, he can actually have a say in sending someone to the priest to say, you are ready to go and be declared clean. Okay? These 10 people who are standing there and Jesus says, go forth, go show yourself to the priest. And as they go, they're, they're healed. And this is pretty amazing. Ten people all at the same time being healed. If one person, their skin, everything was fine, not a big deal, eh, it's a fluke. Uh, it's kind of cool, we're glad that they got healed, but it could just happen. Maybe two Maybe two at the same time. Okay, that's possible. Maybe they had the, the same issue. But ten people at the same time being healed of their leprosy, what sort of a testimony would that be? How amazing would that be? Ten people at the same time could then go to the priests and say, Jesus of Nazareth is the one who has healed us. 
And yet, how many of them take the time to pause and to come back and thank Jesus for what he has done? Not only was it just one out of the ten, but this Samaritan was already considered unclean, even without the leprosy. Uh, Pastor Tyler was mentioning it last week, and, he's, and we've mentioned it before, is that at the time, the people who had been in the north had, had like, uh, connected with people in the land, and, and, and they'd married this person, that person, and they no longer had their own separate worship. And the people in the south, uh, uh, the ones who called themselves Jews, saw the Samaritans in Samaria as being these half-breeds, that they weren't quite chosen the same way. So this Samaritan, at this point in time, even, even having an opportunity to go and be declared clean, he's still going to be treated as an outcast by anybody in the Jewish community. And yet, this Jewish rabbi who has healed him, and he is grateful. Now, the thing is that whenever we look at this, we can oftentimes pause and put ourselves where we think Jesus would be and say, man, how disappointing is that? You've put forth all this effort, you healed 10 people, and only one of them is really grateful. Okay? Are you really appreciating what there is? And, and this was like coming uh, like on in my mind while I realized that my motion sickness was really hitting me this last week. I have bad motion sickness, which if you're trying to be on roller coasters at Disney World or Universal Studios, it kind of makes it very, very difficult. So there were several of them where they put the little bar down on me, and then I realized what the ride was, and I began to panic. And turns out, if you're on the Aerosmith ride, if you sing as loudly as you can for all two minutes, it actually takes away the motion sickness. So, there, I, good thing I've got all the Aerosmith greatest hits memorized in my head. I was good to go. Turns out, if you actually take uh, uh, half a Dramamine before uh, getting on uh, the Harry Potter uh, broomstick ride, oh, you will be set to go. But, if you attempt to get on the Simpsons ride and you don't close your eyes, do not eat afterwards. It's a terrible, terrible thing. But every park that I had a chance to go to, there were about two rides where I would look and I'd say, I cannot get on those rides. There's just no way. Just not going to happen. Just cannot. No. I would look at, I saw Tower of Terror. Uh, n oh, oh, yeah, no. Because I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I could uh, you know, just handle a drop. No, I could see it from the outside. Hey, wait, wait, ah, huh, ha, yeah. And I was like, no, oh, for the love of, no, no, no. So I got a churro instead. I liked the churro. It was great. Well, with that is that part of me, though, was feeling like I've been given this chance to do all these things. And how, how many things have I missed on? And, and, and Pastor Tyler had given me all this advice because he had, he had worked over there at the parks uh, in Florida. And I was like, am I missing out on something? That I finally have this chance to be here, and yet I'm not really absorbing all of it. And, and sometimes I, I, I wonder if that sort of, that idea of if we've missed out on part of something, do we then lose out on some of that joy that we would be having? And oftentimes I realize I'm putting myself in Jesus' place 
and being upset about the nine and completely missing out on the one who not only was healed physically, I mean, 10 people were healed of leprosy, but also out of those, now one of them has been changed on the inside too. You see, a, a lot of times in, in churches, but also in other organizations, we talk about this 80-20 rule. This idea that usually 20% of your group usually does about 80% of the work, whatever organization it is. So you're supposed to put your attention on that 20%. And, and you know, that 80%, well, you know, you'll still be there for them, but they're probably not going to do as much. And then we realize that that's what we oftentimes allow ourselves to get disheartened by. Because we're spending so much time trying to figure out where should I be focused that it's like we're trying to figure out who we spend less time on. I mean, could you imagine that for Timothy in our epistle today? This younger guy who's probably struggling in a lot of ways, and yet the Apostle Paul is spending plenty of his time writing these letters to him. He's not worried about the fact that he's this young guy. He's not worried about the fact that he's a little green behind the ears. He's not worried that, that he's probably only been a few years removed from having pimples. It's that he's spending this time realizing that if he focuses on Timothy, then this one person, what effect might he have on the whole world around him? That's not because being effective is a bad thing. That's not like trying to do your best to get the best outcome. That, that's not what I mean. It's always a good idea to make the most out of your time. But when we allow ourselves to be discouraged because we expected all of this and didn't get there, is then we oftentimes miss out on what's right in front of us. And then we start to ask the question of, was that one person worth it? Was the one person who really got it, are they worth it? it you see, um, while I, I have this really bad habit that even when I'm on vacation, I still check my phone. I know. I know I'm not supposed to. I know that it's bad. Um, and the thing is that, that my mind is usually scattered anyway, and so kind of going all over the place at different times. And so sometimes it actually helps me to focus by having deliberate distractions in myself. Oh, hey, my key. Oh, sorry. Um, with that, though, the, no, oh, okay, wait. with that, though, is that I saw on my phone uh, that I had missed a call from my boss. Now, the thing is that First reaction, you're on vacation. Don't worry about your boss. It's not a big deal, okay? If he's calling you, then why, why are you worried about it? But the thing is, is that uh, about nine months ago, he brought me over to a team out of a really, really rough work situation. This guy is awesome. And it's like, if he's calling me and he knows I'm on vacation, then I probably, it's probably important. So I'm like sending him a message. Hey, is everything okay? It was like, I called you by accident. Why are you messaging me on vacation? And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So at this moment in time, though, about maybe an hour later, I see a message from a friend of mine, and the message says, hey, can you call me back when you have a chance? Now, of course, I've got this on my mind, but I'm still thinking in my head, this friend of mine, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. Let me just check. And then it turned out that he had just lost his wife that morning. 
And the thing is that we spend so much time worrying about how effective we have done so many things that we sometimes lose track of that one person that's right there in front of us. And that for some reason, at that one moment, that person is the one that God is blessing through us. And the thing is that as much as Jesus had come to reach out to the Jews, how many times was he able to spread his gospel to so many people by spending the time on that one Samaritan? How many stories are there in the scriptures of the one outsider that still made all the difference? You see, oftentimes is that (coughs) we realize that we're like the nine. Instead of worrying about are we actually helping out all ten? The problem is, is that we're one of those nine who kind of got carried away and walked off and we kind of forgot about what we had just been given. The truth is, is that sometimes we're the one and we're just hoping that God will, will see us as worth enough so that even if nobody else gets it, just, just remember me. And then other times we're grateful because the times whenever we're not as grateful is that God is still remembering us, even when we're the nine. But you see, this isn't about trying to find shame in these things. There are genuinely times whenever we're really, like, we're getting distracted by by wonderful things. Could you imagine what it had been like for all of those people They had to leave their families, their friends, their jobs, their lives, everything they'd ever known, and live in the middle of who knows what, probably surviving off of scraps, hoping that they could make it from day to day, and wondering when anything would be different. So to spend so much time frustrated at the nine when they're just realizing, I have a chance to finally go home. I finally have a rabbi telling me that I can go to this priest and that I can finally be declared clean and I can go home. The thing is that we can get so frustrated at all the things that are ineffective. You know what? I didn't quite get what I was looking for when in reality there is so much happening that we don't even know. We don't know what might be happening with those nine people. That one person maybe is trying to figure out why it is that their marriage is struggling, that one person is trying to figure out what they're going to do for work because they just got laid off. One person isn't sure why it is that the money isn't paying for the groceries the way it used to. One person is even just trying to figure themselves out, and they don't know what is going to happen tomorrow because they're not even sure what's happening today. The truth is, is that we sometimes help the ten, and nine of them have so many things that are going on that they don't get what has just happened. But the truth is, is that the gratitude that's there, it's not just about being the one rather than being the nine. It's also about being the one who's willing to spend the time with all ten, even when nine of them don't get why. Bless you. And the truth is, is that There are a lot of things that many of you may be seeing or facing right now. There may be a lot of spots where you may be feeling frustrated or wondering why you need to spend so much time on one place in your life. Why does so much of my time and attention have to be spent on this task, 
on this person, on this event, on this issue, on this problem, whether that problem is a thing or a person or an event or whatever it might be, why does this one thing have to absorb it? And the truth is, is that I don't know. And you probably don't know. And you may not know until the, you know, coming of Christ and you get to look back and figure out why. But the times whenever you needed that attention and that grace and that love, that everybody else seems to have it figured out. They're good. They're good to go. They've, they've got it all taken care of. And that, that one moment, you just need to know that you get to be the one to receive what you need. And that sometimes we find ourselves in any one of those places. And all of them end up mattering to God. Because that's the thing about gratitude, is that gratitude is not something that we end up guilting people into. It's not something where you go and grab the other nine people. Jesus is not standing there saying, okay, now, now you Samaritan, I need you to go run up, grab those other nine, go let them know that I'm very upset at them, okay? And I want them to come back here. They need to come and tell me that they're grateful. Because in reality, those nine were still healed by Jesus, and we don't know what ended up happening later. There are so many times where somebody misses the point at one moment, and yet they get it later. See, that's one of the things that's hard to quite get our minds around, is that Jesus, after rising again, says, I have to leave. Why do you have to leave? I have to send the Holy Spirit. Just walk around. Just, just go and show everybody that you're resurrected. But even Jesus himself knew that he would be the offensive one to many. And that's the truth of what we find ourselves and the people around us. Whether it's you or the person next to you, is that at this moment in time, they may not be able to see what's right in front of them. They may not be able to realize the blessings that are hitting them right in the face, or may not realize what God is doing to them, what God is doing in you. That doesn't mean that tomorrow the person doesn't get it or the next day. Or that doesn't mean that maybe someone that you were able to reach out to is then sent to reach out to them later. And that's the thing with these people in the story. I don't know where you're finding yourself today. I don't know if you're the person trying to help everybody and feeling frustrated I don't know if you're the person realizing that you're grateful that God is willing to bless you even if nobody else gets it, or if maybe just today you're so busy and you're so caught up in trying to get where you need to go that you don't realize what you've been given. But wherever you are is still a place in this amazing kingdom of God. Not only that you get to receive everything that God has given, but you get to be a part of of bringing that into the rest of the world. So if today you're struggling with which of those places you're finding yourself in, reach out. Because chances are the rest of us have gone through that as well. 
And if we can take the time to pause and realize that even when we're the outsider, Christ still came for each and every one of us. And maybe that gratitude will be what moves us forward to share that with the rest of the world. Thanks be to God.